Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. To VM Nation, I am your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, if you're like me and you love learning about mindset, how to, this episode is going to be truly amazing. We're going to be talking about changing your mindset, changing your life. Because they say if you can conquer the man in the mirror, you can conquer the world. And this gentleman we're going to have on has done amazing things in uniform and doing even better things out of uniform. Sidley, my friend, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm having such an amazing day. I get I got to wake up, work out, and now I get to hang out with you. It doesn't get any better than that. Right on, Richard. These are great days we're living in. And thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Oh, you know, I... I've been, you know, so honored to be able to finally get you on. I've been wanting to have you come on. Um, I love everything you're doing, and I, I love the burpee thing. We're going to be talking about that, too. Um, but first, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, where you grew up, and tell us your story. Well, uh, thanks uh, for that question. I, You know, I grew up in, in western Oklahoma, out in, uh, in farm country. Um, you know, where the wind blows and the wheat grows and, uh, uh, went to a small town, uh, population of about a thousand, uh, in, in, uh, in Western Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, from there graduated from high school and, and went to the, to the university of Oklahoma. And, uh, interestingly, you know, I always, uh, intended to go into the military, but my path seemed to be for most of my life already laid out for me. And that would be, I, I, I would go into the army and go to Vietnam and, uh, and Vietnam ended in 75. So I, uh, decided to go to college and, and wound up joining Navy ROTC and, uh, and then spent, spent 20 years into the Navy before I, I retired and then started getting involved, involved in, uh, in nonprofit work. So what made you, choose the navy over army air force marines okay so before you bust out laughing remember i grew up in in uh in western oklahoma but it was it was really john wayne movies and the one that had a, a tremendous influence on me was uh in har in harm's way and then they were expendable two two john wayne movies and they were expendable is is the story of uh john duncan bulkley's uh pt uh, boat squadron 41 uh that uh did had so much action in the philippines uh you know after the japanese invaded you know during world war ii uh john bulkley uh won the medal of honor uh, and he's the one that's credited uh you know for evacuating douglas macarthur out of corregidor and just a fantastic story and i i wanted to uh to be on those pt boats <laughs> So talk, talk to us about, you know, uh, of course you do the, the ROTC thing, um, but then what was it like going to, uh, what job did you take in the Navy and what was your training like, initial training? Well, the, the ROTC pipeline, you know, back in those days was uh, either surface, uh, subsurface submarines or uh, aviation. So I went aboard ship for uh, a couple of years, and then applied uh, to UDCT, UDT SEAL training, and uh, went to BUDS in 1989. Okay, so uh, I'm an old, uh, uh, that, I was still in, in the Army back in 89, but, you know, 
I've talked to plenty of, you know, amazing Navy SEALs like John McCaskill and, and Rich Devaney. And some of the things they talked about getting going through buds, I asked them what was the one thing that helped them with the selection process. And th- their, their thing was they just decided to do one more rep, one more push-up. They weren't going to quit or they're going to pass out before they quit. And I'm sure you you saw it. Many people ring the bell. So what was it that made you not ring that bell? I, I you know, um, I think it was, I was probably not necessarily the shortest uh, person in my class, but I was probably the lightest. I started Bud's training at uh, probably about 128 pounds. Um, just a little, little bitty skinny guy. And, uh, I felt like I had something to prove and I knew that nothing in the training was, was going to kill me. And if it did kill me, um, my wife would be, you know, well taken care of with the, uh, you know, with the insurance, uh, you know, that the military provides. So it was, it was literally, I can make it through this evolution and then the next evolution, I can make it through the next evolution. And you just, it's one step at a time. And, you know, the saying holds true, you know, as you, as you go through Bud's training, the only easy day was yesterday. You make it through hell week and it just gets tougher. But, uh, but it was, you know, I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to let my family down. Um, and I felt like I had something to prove. So um, you just, just keep your head down and keep going. So, okay. Now, what are some of the things that made others not make it or quit what was what was that deciding factor well not not having a background in in psychology uh you know so i'll I'll say that first but uh it seemed to me that uh you know the first ones to to quit in a lot of instances were you know the the guys that looked like you know they could have been college football players now that, that that's not Every in every case, I mean Ryan Zinke, um, former Secretary of the Interior, was was a college football player, uh, and he was a darn good SEAL. But uh, and and he's and he's a darn good you know civilian leader. But um, a lot of these guys that you know kind of showed up looking looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, did ring out very quickly, and I think it's because they were great athletes and everything had always come pretty easy for them. And one of the things about Bud's training is that uh, they're going to find those instructors are going to find a weak spot and then they're, they're going to start digging um, because everybody's got one. And the whole goal of Bud's training is, is to turn you into a team player who just won't quit. Um, and I think that that program is very successful, you know, in that regard. So what was it like afterwards when, you know, you finally graduate, you get your trident. And that's, you know, like when I've talked to a lot of, you know, Navy SEALs and they tell me, well, that was when the work was just beginning. So what was your experience like, you know, once you got your trident and it was time to go to work? Well, back in those days, um, we didn't have what what's now known as, as SEAL tactical training or SEAL qualification training. Uh, you graduated from BUDS and you went to U.S. Army Airborne School. Um and, uh, you know, spent three weeks at Fort Benning, Georgia. And then you came back to your team and you kind of started all over again. You were the new guy and we didn't have our tridents back then. We had to earn them uh, while we were at the team. There was no 
specialized course, you were thrown as a new guy into a platoon and you're surrounded by, you know, veterans who have, you know, six, eight deployments under their belt, you know, in, in the case of your, you know, your, your senior leader enlisted leadership and uh, they know the ropes. And so you learn to, you know, again, keep your head down, keep your mouth closed, keep your eyes and ears open and learn, you know, from those experts. And a lot of them were uh, Vietnam vets uh, that worked in, in training cell and, and brought us up, you know, um, and, you know, it was just, it was just a matter of, of fitting in, adapting, overcoming and, and carrying your part of the, of the load, whether you were an officer or an enlisted person. Okay, so, you know, what was it like, you know, after hitting that eight, 10 year mark where, you know, you figure you're in for 10, you might as well do 20, you know, you're in for the complete bitch. So what was that mindset like of, you know, because a lot of guys, they might have only done six, eight years and then got out. What was your mindset in staying and making a career out of it? Well, I was having a lot of fun and I had, you know, tremendous support, you know, for my wife. Tony, uh, you know, we've been married uh, 39 years, you know, at this point. And so she was right there with me, you know, the whole time. And, and we talked a lot about leaving the Navy, but, uh, you know, she could see how happy I was, you know, in that role. And, you know, she was totally supportive. So that was a big part of it, you know, having, having that type of encouragement. And, uh, and I had a bright, you know, bright career in, in front of me. I was making all my milestones on time. And, and I just, never seriously, you know, the two of us, we talked about leaving and then it was like, what are we going to do if I get out of the Navy? Um, and, uh, you know, so we just, we just kept going. Uh, and the other thing is that the, the Navy sent me to right at about the, the 10 year mark, sent me to the Naval postgraduate school in Monterey. So, you know, I was able to get, get a master's degree and then I owed the Navy one more tour and, uh, you know, the Navy sent us, sent uh, the family to Hawaii. So, doesn't get, any, doesn't get any worse than that, I guess. It, it sucks, but somebody's got to do it. So uh, we went out to Hawaii, and my wife was able to uh, to go to law school while we were there at the University of Hawaii. So I did three tours, you know, in Hawaii, uh, and then we rolled back stateside. Okay, so now, you know, you're more of the exception than the rule. Um, because you know, most military, there's a 70 to 80% divorce rate. So what kept you guys to working as a team together as husband and wife? Cause a lot of, a lot of people don't realize that when we're in the military, our spouses serve with us. And I think that's where we, we, sometimes we get wrapped around the axle and we lose it all. So how did you guys stay together all these years? Well, you know, uh, first of all, you know, it was, it was the kids. Um, so, you know, splitting up wasn't really an option, uh, and, uh, and was never really even considered. Um, the other, the other thing I think that made things, uh, workable, uh, you know, for the two of us is that, you know, she was calm nav home pack or, you know, commander naval forces, you know, at home. So, you know, when I was deployed and gone and, and out for training evolutions and I'd be gone six weeks and then back for two weeks and then out for another six weeks, um, I tried not to. And, and of course, I was coached in this. You know, she kept me in line. But, I, you know, that, that's her household. She's running it. She's making it work. Um, so I, I was uh, 
reluctant to come in and uh, try to reestablish myself as, as as the head of the household. Um, and even to this day, I mean, the, the repercussions of that, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, the boys will call mom first, <laughs> you know, because she was the one that was always home and always with them. And uh, seeing them, you know, through their their highs and their lows is, you know, just growing up and becoming young men. You know, I love that. You know, like I, I tell everybody, I may be a sergeant, but my wife is the colonel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. You know, and the other thing is we didn't we didn't fight over money because I let her handle all of all the finances because, you know, back in those days, you didn't have, you know, banking on your phone. You know, um, you know, the bills came by paper. And so I didn't try to be involved in that either. Um, and it it worked. And we've been together a long, long time and we're going to be together for a lot, a lot longer. OK, so now, you know, you, you hit the 20 year mark. Uh, what was your mindset in getting out and retiring did you have a plan um i I did and i didn't follow it (laughs) richard um so my plan was to uh you know um you know i spent about a year as a contractor i was working for the spate uh the the uh joint special operations university out of back then it was at hurlburt field it was not at mcdill and i spent about a year doing that and uh, was enjoying it, but realized that uh, I could make a lot more money if I had a PhD. So I took the GI Bill and I, I went back to school and started started pursuing the, the doctorate. And uh, the plan was to go back to work uh, for the government in some capacity um, with my experience, you know, with my clearance and with with the PhD. And uh Cop, you know, school education changes you. And, uh, you know, I became very aware of, of uh, you know, some of the disparities in our public education system. So I took a right turn and, and uh, deviated off the course that I'd set out for myself and, and uh, applied for and was accepted to Teach for America. Now, you know, like Mike Tyson says, everybody gets a, has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but now one thing, you know, when I talk to a lot of people, I've had over 360 interviews now. And a lot of people, when they get out of the military, they have a really tough transitioning period. And sometimes the married folk had a lot more problems because <clears throat> they never had that hard conversation sitting across the kitchen table with their significant other. Mm-hmm. And then they start a business and then all of a sudden they're $10,000 in debt and have to have an even harder conversation with their significant other. So talk about that, you know, leading up to your getting out and you guys having that conversation at the kitchen table. Right. That, you know, we actually had that conversation um, in depth at at about the, oh, I'd say the, you know, the the 12 or 13 year mark. And that's when, uh, you know, my wife, Tony, decided she wanted to go to law school. And, and of course, I was completely supportive of that. And, uh, you know, she went to law school at the University of Hawaii. So uh, when I hit the 20 year mark, you know, kind of the agreement was you've had your career. Now it's time for me to have mine. It's my turn. At that point, you know, since we started, you know, uh, you know, with the boys at, at we were really young. Um, the oldest was already out of the house and, and was off to college. And the little one um, at, at that point was like a seventh grader. So um, 
we rolled back stateside. I did the one more tour. I hit 20 at the time that our youngest one was graduating from high school. So he graduated from high school and I retired from, from the Navy a few months later. And uh, by then, Tony was, a, you know, established in, in her role. And that gave me the flexibility to, uh, you know, to go back to school on the GI Bill. Um, and then, you know, when it came time, you know, and I, I started considering, you know, joining Teach for America and trying to do something good for this country that had done so much for me and to try to, try to do something good for the next generation, um, we had the means, you know, that would allow me to do that, uh, you know, with, with my wife's role, you know, and her salary as an attorney. Now, you know, I've had the honor and privilege to talk to General Petraeus about this, this subject. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people struggle with their transitioning when they get out because a lot of them don't do the whole 20. They might only do four or eight and they they lose their career. They lose the camaraderie and they lose a mission in life. And that was something that I struggled with. So what have you seen in military transitioning, do you see things getting better? And why do you think we have such hard problem transitioning back to civilian life? I think things uh, have the potential to be much better, certainly uh, than was the case, you know, when I when I retired and I went through TAPS, uh, transition assistance, the transition assistance program uh, with the Navy. Um, but, you know, I think I think Sebastian Younger talks about it very eloquently uh, in his book. Uh, I believe the name of it is Tribe. Uh, and you just mentioned it, Richard, just a, a minute ago. But but you do lose that tribe. And so there's this this sense of loss of who am I now? You've spent you know, you grad in, in a lot of cases, folks will graduate from high school or they'll graduate from from college or from the academy, one of the academies and, and their identity has been totally wrapped up in, in their uniform. And, uh, in a strange sort of a way, um, you don't, you don't understand the civilian rules because you've never had to promote yourself. Um, because your resume was above your left pocket. <laughs> on your uniform and it's all those little bits of colored ribbon and somebody could look at, at at Richard and see what you've been where you've been and what you've done and what you know what qualifications you have just by looking you know at your uniform um, and suddenly that's gone and you've got to you know try to figure out when you're surrounded by people that are promoting themselves I mean one of the things that that my wife talked to me a lot about is, is Sid, you've got to, you've got to learn to stick up for yourself. You know, nobody cares that, you know, that you were in the Navy, you know, at this point, you got to learn to be more vocal. Um, and that's not necessarily the way things work, you know, in the military, because, you know, you're, you're given a level of respect based on your career path and, and everybody knows what that was and, and what your background is, you know, a new, you know, a new, XO or a new CO takes over a command, everybody's going to know about them and uh, know where they've been and, and what they've done. And that's not the case in the civilian world. So that was a hurdle for me. Um, the uh, people, you know, not being as, as prompt as I was used to. Uh, 
people believing that, you know, at, at five o'clock it's, it's time to go home, which was not what I was used to. So there was, there was a struggle, you know, with the transition and a sense of loss. And I had a, what I felt like was a, a real solid refocus. And that was not only the pursuit of the, of the uh, advanced degree, but also then, you know, joining Teach for America. Um, so I didn't struggle the way a lot of transitioning veterans do, um, but everybody definitely does struggle. And I think, you know, referring back to Sebastian Younger, that, that loss of, of your tribe uh, and loss of the brotherhood. Um, I think the same thing goes for, you know, professional athletes, you know, when suddenly their career is over and they're not quite sure, you know, what the next step is. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think that we forget that, you know, the warrior that we, we were, it's the same, per- we've, it's still inside us. Like, you know, a lot of times I'll, I forget that, you know, at one time I was an M1 Abrams tank commander and I was in charge of a hundred million dollar vehicle, yeah. you know, cause you, you know, you kind of, you kind of get away from it and you kind of forget, you know, like for me, I forgot that I, you know, I was soldier of the year at one time and I was a non-commissioned officer. So how do we get back to getting that, that mentality back? Like I said, in the beginning, you know, that's been said that if you can conquer the man in the mirror, you can conquer the world. So how do we get back that warrior mentality? Well, I, th- I think a lot of it is, um, you know, outlined very well, you know, by, by my boss, Mark Devine, um, in, in some of his written works and in particular, you know, on his books, Unbeatable Mind and then, and then Staring Down the Wolf. Um, you know, I think it's, it's a two-pronged process. You master yourself and then you serve others. And I think, you know, even if you, you know, consider Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, what fulfills people is, is service. Um, and I think that that's, that's a key, uh, you know, to continue to carry the, in, in my experience, the veterans who have done a really, you know, had a really successful transition back into civilian society have been able to take that, uh, that, that mirror and reflect it in a way so that they're, they're looking outward and not inward. Um, so turning that mirror around and, and looking at what, what can I do? What can I be involved in? And I think, uh, I think veterans as a whole, you know, when you compare the, the, you know, the post 9-11 generation as a whole, you know, with the Vietnam generation, a couple of things. Uh, one is that the, the post 9-11 generation generally has been welcomed back home uh, in a way that, that our Vietnam, you know, uh, predecessors were not. And, and then secondly, you know, there are so many opportunities now, to, you know, to give back, whether it's, you know, join Team Red, White and Blue, a great uh, veterans nonprofit, Team Rubicon, um, is another one, uh, you know, where, where veterans can, can look outward and, and focus on service. And, uh, I think, I think Mark Devine's, uh, work lays that out very clearly, you know, with part of mastering yourself is, is conquering the five mountains, you know, the physical. So you gotta, you gotta get back in shape. Um, (coughs) if you've let yourself go, uh, you know, the mental mountain, the emotional mountain, which causes a lot of difficulty for a lot of, a lot of people get stuck right there. Then the intuitional mountain. And then finally, what, uh, what Mark Devine calls the, the, the Kokoro or the mind heart connection. 
and your mind heart connection then informs your uh, your your actions and that serves to others. So talk to us about the unbeatable mind and seal fit. So seal fit is uh, is the the conquering the physical map, mountain part of, of of what what we do. Uh, and, uh, it's basically, you know, get yourself back in shape, you know, uh, strive for a goal, get better every single day. Um, and then that, you know, that all of that feeds into, you know, and there are different programs, you know, yoga can be part of it. Um, uh, you know, then, then there, you know, there are the crucibles that, that are offered, you know, like, uh, the, you know, the, the, the seal training like, uh, evolutions, uh, you know, which are called, uh, you know, Kokoro is, is the ultimate 50 hour one. Um, there's, uh, you know, self-defense training and, and weapons training in, in the sheepdog course. And then there's just the unbeatable mind, you know, programming, uh, which incorporates, you know, the aspects of, of knowing how you think, knowing how your mind works, learning these things so that you can, you can, look inward and see how your mind is working and uh, help yourself get unstuck when you get stuck, help yourself move forward when you're faced with obstacles. Um, and then ultimately, you know, the Courage Foundation is Mark's nonprofit arm, which I'm blessed to be, you know, that he has faith in me to, to lead. And that's all about helping our veterans, uh, on a, with a holistic sort of approach, uh, and, you know, bringing the unbeatable mind and the seal fit, you know, programs to veterans free of charge, um, and, uh, you know, help, help them transition successfully back in to be, uh, productive members of society, because, you know, we all view our veterans as, as civic assets, um, while the popular, sort of view, um, you know, which has come from, you know, a lot of commercials, you know, over the years where veterans are homeless, veterans are suicidal, veterans are alcoholics and drug users. And those unfortunate cases are out there and they're very, very real, but veterans as a whole bring so much back out of military service and back into society. They bring, you know, they've got technical skills, you know, they've got leadership and team building skills. They're able to make decisions under stressful conditions. Um, you know, they're civic assets. And with some help transitioning back into civil society and understanding, you know, some of these nuanced differences between military service and civilian life, um, you know, they can, they can be great. The next, gener the next greatest generation, in my view. So now say if there's somebody out there, um, 45, 50 years old, and when you say get back in shape, it kind of, it can be overwhelming. So how does somebody start to get back in shape slowly? Because I, I realize, you know, sometimes that slow, when you do something slowly and build it, you can actually do be great for the long run. But a lot of times, you know, like when I was in the health and fitness industry, people would come in, they would work out for a week, get so burned out. And, you know, yeah. so how does a person go about starting to get back in shape. I think, I think slow, slow is fast. Uh, it's that old, it's that old statement. I mean, you know, as we get older, I mean, I, I just hit my 60th winter. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, so I've got a head full of gray hair. Um, 
we have a tendency, especially us males, have a tendency to remember what we used to could do, and we jump right in and start there. And the idea is really to, to start slow and to build, you know, don't work yourself on the first day that you're so sore. You can't, you know, don't, don't do so many squats that you're so sore. You can't, uh, you know, climb in and out of the shower, but, uh, you know, but start slow and, uh, and stick with it. You know, that, that determination, uh, and that discipline to do it every day. Um, that's, that's the key in my mind. Okay. So now, um, I love, um, I've been for the last six months, I've been studying and reading everything I can on mindset. And I'm actually went back all the way to the 1900s and started reading about the Carnegie's and all that talking about mindset. So how do we get back into the learning to get back into that mindset, that winning mindset again? Well, in, in my mind, you know, it's, it's having, you know, confidence, you know, I, I think in, as, as a nation, we seem to, especially with some of our younger generation and, and volumes have been written on this, but, uh, you know, with, with the advent of social media and everybody's life seems so perfect, it's really, really easy to your, you know, to refer to your phrase, conquering the, the man in the mirror, to look at everybody else's life, you know, especially if, if you're younger, and everybody's life seems to be so perfect, and yet, you know, I'm depressed. Uh, Simon Sinek has written and spoke about this, you know, extensively, um, and, you know, I think the idea is the first step is to get yourself back in physical shape because what happens there is that your confidence starts to grow and you know you carry yourself a little bit differently your confidence starts coming back and then that makes the next mountain to con to conquer that much that much easier but it all I, I really truly believe it all starts with the physical and i i think you probably agree with me on that richard Oh, definitely. Like for me, you know, even if I just get up and do an hour of, of a, a, a long walk, I put on my, you know, I'm listening to a book by uh, Mr. James Clear called Atomic Habits. You know, I'm always trying to keep my mind always learning. And I think that's one of the most important thing is when the body moves, you know, mo movement is life. And when the body stops moving, you know, it's kind of like a shark. If a, if a shark stops swimming, it dies. And yeah. I think the same thing with us. So last question is, how do we find you? How do we, how can we support your mission? Well, um, thank you, you know, for asking that. Right now we uh, are spearheading along with uh, another organization called For Purpose. Uh, and so For Purpose and Courage Foundation have partnered. And again, Courage Foundation is, is a, uh, is Mark Devine's uh, Unbeatable Mind LLC nonprofit arm. But uh, we're doing this national all throughout the month of November, Burpees for Vets. And Burpees for Vets brings together 11 uh, veteran serving nonprofits that are all focused on veteran empowerment in that transition, not veteran oh, you poor thing, here, let's take you fly fishing, or here, you poor thing, let's 
let's take you on a horseback riding, you know, uh, weekend. But it's about it's about the the long term transition. So we've partnered with with organizations like the Warrior Scholar Project, which uh, you know uh, offers academic boot camps free of charge at the nation's top colleges and universities. Um, Team Rubicon. Uh, everybody listening to this podcast has probably heard of Team Rubicon. They respond veterans responding to uh, to, to disasters. Uh, Team Red, White, and Blue. Uh, is part of this as well, which is focused on veteran physical fitness. We've got uh, military vets and players as another, you know, one of our partner organizations and, uh, you know, Folds of Honor and uh, the Honor Foundation. Honor Foundation is about uh, helping veterans transition in, into the business world. And uh, basically, so it's, it's those, those types of organizations, veteran service organizations or nonprofits that are focused on on the veteran as a civic asset and transition into a, a position where that, that can be realized. Um, so Burpees for Vets is, uh, you just go to www.burpeesforvets.com. And uh, the steps are real simple. It's a social media driven program. And so you make a donation. We're asking for a minimal donation of $11 since uh, November is the 11th month and Veterans Day is the 11th day of the 11th month. So an $11 donation or more, by all means, you can choose your uh, 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 nonprofit of choice uh, from a pull down menu, or it can go into the general pot that will be split among the 11 organizations equally. You uh, make a donation, then you record yourself doing 11 seconds worth of burpees. So we've got that, that bar set that, so that in a way that everybody can participate. You upload uh, your video on your social media platform of choice. So I'm myself, I'm doing uh, 11 seconds worth of burpees every single day. And I'm uploading them on uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And then you challenge three of your contacts within your, your network. Um, and so uh, three or more, uh, and you challenge them to take, you know, take the burpees for uh, that's challenge. Um, and it's, it's, we're at day three now, today's November the 3rd, and the first two days have, have been really, really great. Uh, we've had former NFL stars that are uploading, you know, their videos of doing burpees. We've, uh, uh, Chicago this morning, uh, WGN morning show hosted, uh, one of our, one of our advocates, uh, and, and talked about burpees for vets, uh, last night. Here in Oklahoma City, where I'm at, uh, KOCO Channel 5 News did a story on burpees for vets. And so we're hoping that over this 30-day uh, program that we can raise a lot of money and a lot of awareness for, for veteran organizations that are doing some real good and having some real impact on, on veterans as they leave service. In the middle of all of this, on uh, November the 11th, Veterans Day, we'll all be out in Temecula, California. Um, and we'll be hosting a special seal fit uh, crucible event. Uh, and we've got lots of individuals, you know, coming in for that. And that'll be uh, televised by NBCLX uh, on November the 11th. So that'll be really exciting. You know, encourage everybody that's uh, in your podcast audience to tune in and, and, and watch that NBCLX. But please do go to Burpees uh, for Vets, www.burpeesforvets.com. 
make that donation, upload that video and challenge three or more of your friends. That'll have, that'll, that'll go a long way. Okay. So last question. Um, you know, if I ask the average American to do something in seven days, they're never going to get to it. But if I ask somebody that's listening to this show to do something in the next 24 hours, they're more likely to take that step. So if somebody's struggling with either their mental health or even transitioning out of the military, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to start to gain some clarity? I would, I would say talk to someone that they trust um, and, and then make sure they're staying active. That's, that's huge. If, you're, if you haven't been active, if this individual hasn't been active, getting active, and, and again, you said it so much better than I, you know, when you stop moving, you die and start there uh, and then, and then seek, seek help from somebody that, that they trust. Um, and there are a lot of outstanding organizations out there that are veteran focused, you know, that can help. Um, I love it. I'm so grateful that you hung out with us today. Um, and I think this is really going to help a lot of people like myself that have kind of fell out of um, that warrior mentality. And I think it's really going to help people. And I can't wait for check out this, the, the burpee thing. Cause I think I'm going to start doing that and starting racism awareness, but I just want to say thank you. And I'm truly grateful for your friendship. Well, thank you, Richard. And it was an honor to be on your show. I really, really appreciate it. And, and let's stay in touch. I think we have a lot in common. Uh, between the work that you're doing and and the work that we're trying to do at Courage Foundation. So uh, as as Humphrey Bogart said, uh, I hope this is the beginning of, of a beautiful friendship. Yep. And when you see Mark, tell him I said hi. And, I sure uh, will. All right, my friend. Have an amazing week. You too, Richard. And thanks right. again for having me on your show. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. If you're enjoying our show if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new t-shirt line that's coming out. Hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass-kicking coffee. And, and it will it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you're interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out. Leave us a note. Tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built. So if you guys want to, our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. Definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.